How many of you know that the culture that we live in today has both misdefined and mystified love? They have misdefined and they have mystified love. Love is either ooey-gooey and always a feeling, just to rest your minds at ease. Love is a decision, but there is a form of love that has to do with feelings. It's not just a feeling. In the Greek, the term, uh, which is not used in the scripture, but the Greek, the Greek word for this is eros, which is a... Um, which is an erotic or a love between a husband and a wife. And that is largely feeling-based. There, there are many feelings inside of that relationship. So don't, don't write off feelings, but I want you to understand that the way we've mystified love is love is just this kind of ethereal thing out in never-never land, and we can't, put, uh, you know, we can't put feet to it. Well, according to the Bible, love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't boast. That's concrete. Okay? So, so love has either been mystified or it's been misdefined. And love just means whatever it is that the world wants love to be right now. And the criticism that you hear, especially in the culture when it comes to sexuality and sexual ethics, is this statement. You'll, you'll hear a criticism like this. You'll hear the people say, um, who are you to tell someone who they can and can't love? Now let me tell you what the Christian response is. The Christian response first is humility that says, well, actually, I'm nobody to tell you who you can and can't love. But I serve the God who defined love, and you can and can't do certain things. Smile. <laughs> this is what the Word of God says. And it's going to lead right into the second half of this verse because it really gets powerful when we look at love or genuine love or non-hypocritical love with feet on it. Here's what Paul goes on to say. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Say that with me, church. Abhor what is evil. Now look at the next line. Cling to what is good. Abhor what is evil. Uh, I, I, I can't say that I love the statement, um, but I understand the statement. Uh, people will say the greatest distance is between what? The head and the heart. Oh, isn't that so special? Anyway, the greatest distance is between the head and the heart. Can I tell you what the real greatest distance is? The greatest distance is in the modern recognition of sin and actually calling things sin. I have listened to pastors, I've listened to teachers, I've listened to Christians over and over when confronted with actual sin, that is spelled S-I-N, sin. When they are confronted with sin, they say, well, that's not God's best for us. Ladies and gentlemen, far greater distance from the head to the heart is the distance between that's not God's best for you and that's freaking sin. You don't like that all the time, but that is what it is. And what we have missed inside of the church today is that sin is the very thing Jesus came to die for. If it wasn't God's best, he could have been like, well, we'll just figure it out in the end. No, he doesn't die for not God's best. He dies for sin. And the church has a problem. And the problem is looking people square in the eye and saying sin is sin. The reason why we struggle with this is because we often don't want to look in the mirror and say that sin is sin. That person down the road, they're sinning. I'll never tell them that, but they're sinning. 
But when I look at myself in the mirror, I go, you know, I'm not quite living for God's best right now. This is dangerous, church. This is dangerous, church. Repentance requires us to look at our life and say, this is wrong and you, God, are right. We just don't like it. But I can assure you, that's the right thing. So, God doesn't say, just kind of, sort of dislike or ignore what is evil and cling to what is good. He literally uses the word abhor. That is to hate what is evil. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6 communicates the same principle when it tells us that we are to not celebrate in unrighteousness, but to rejoice in what, church? Truth. Don't celebrate unrighteousness, but rejoice in the truth. Now, I need you to, I need you to play the game with me. Who defines truth, church? God. And we know it through his word. God defines truth, not us. Listen, if we are the kind of people that decide to look at God's word and say, ah, that sets really funny with me, it's, it makes me uneasy, so I'm going to redefine it my own way, we are no different than the atheist who believes that all morality is subjective. We are no different. We're just simply picking apart what God says. Far be it from us to do it. It is not our job. 